You're listening to the Entrepreneur Ignited Podcast. Where you'll get proven strategies to start and grow your online business from in the trenches digital entrepreneurs. EntrepreneurIgnited.com. Launch your online business. Live your dreams. Now, here's your host, Derek Gale. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ignited Podcast, a podcast designed to skip the hype, skip all that BS, and just give you real actionable tips and strategies to help grow your business and income on the internet. This is your host, Derek Gale, and today we're going to be diving deep into WordPress security. And before you start yawning, <laughs> I want to emphasize the importance of this discussion because I, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say a large majority of the WordPress websites that I, I see or work with are not taking taking the necessary steps to protect themselves and they have vulnerabilities that they're unaware of that could be easily exploited that'll cause massive grief if they are. And I'm talking about downtime, lost business, lost intellectual property, compromised customer data, and worst off, a damaged reputation. And it's really so unnecessary because so much of this is easy to avoid. Um, so I, I guess another way to put this is what we're going to be talking about today is a lot like insurance. Uh, you need to have it. You don't like paying for it, and you hope you never will have to use it. But, man, are you glad you have it when you need it. So website and WordPress security is the same. But, like I said, the good news is most of the things you need to do to really lock down and protect your WordPress website are uh, cheap uh, and, and easy. And to help us explore this topic and uh, give us some real powerful and practical practical tips to help you secure your website. Our guest today is a self-proclaimed technology geek with a corporate IT background of over 15 years working with big businesses and now runs his own business specializing in making business technology more accessible to everyone, including securing your WordPress website. So without further ado, I would like to welcome Paul Irvine to the show. Paul, thanks for being here today. Hi, Derek. Lovely to be with you. Fantastic. Now, uh, before we get started, just take a second, expand on my introduction, and more specifically, um, you know, after spending 15 years working in corporate IT, how did you how did you get into this the, the website and the word specifically the WordPress security side of things? Well, I used to run a lot of the security uh, side of things in my corporate days. And when I first came into the internet marketing world, uh, I noticed that it was all about make money online and magic buttons and all the rest of it. But the crucial thing was that if your site is down for any reason or if it's hacked, nobody was really paying attention to those specifics. Mm -hmm. So I took the direction of increasing the awareness of uh, the importance of having, you know, even basic security in place on your business website. Awesome. And, and you know, I, I like I said, I don't think enough people pay attention to this. Um, so uh, let's start here. WordPress, you know, it's a powerful platform. It's become sort of the de facto platform for small businesses. I run all my websites on WordPress. I love it. Uh, but there's no denying hackers seem to be really targeting WordPress websites. And when I look at my web logs, um, you know, I can see the attacks happening on just about a daily basis at one level or another. And, and mm -hmm. the question is why? Why are they going after WordPress? What are your thoughts on that? The thing with WordPress is it's a fantastic platform for building websites. Um, the downside to it is because of the way WordPress is structured, because there's so many updates regularly, 
uh, between the the WordPress core, the themes, and the plugins. The updates take place because either there's a new feature added or there's been a vulnerability found in the code that makes up that part of WordPress. So when these exploits are found by the security experts, <clears throat> they are then obviously picked up on by the hacker community who then run their automated scripts attacking the websites to find the vulnerabilities and then exploit them to take control. And I think you just said something interesting there, and I think it'll tie into my next question is, is you know, how are hackers picking their targets? And I mean, you said something there, which was automated scripts. And I know a question I get a lot of the time is, you know, from small businesses or some some guy or gal has just set up their blog and they're just going along their happy way. And they're like, why are they picking on me? And so people, yeah. how do they pick their targets? They don't specifically pick a target based on, you know, how big your business is, is irrelevant. If you're running WordPress, then you're going to become a target. The scripts that I'm referring to are, they're basically programs that they run on their computer. And then without sounding too, uh, <laughs> too granular about it, the scripts go out onto the internet. They find the sites that are running WordPress through a number of uh, identifiers, that WordPress sites have that normal sites don't. And then they start going through the different exploits or the different uh, vulnerabilities that these sites could have. And then if these flags are found, they then take their attack to the next level and then attempt to actually take over or plant the malware or do whatever the uh, the bot is designed to do. So yeah, it's it's automated and it's really scary stuff. Yeah, and and you know, as I was saying, when I look into my weblogs, and you can see how often it gets hit with people trying to maliciously hack in or just brute force guess passwords and stuff. It's 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 amazing, and most people don't realize it's happening because they're not looking at their weblogs at the maybe the same level I do. But uh, I guess I guess I guess the only um, reassuring message there is you're not actually being targeted. Um, not, you know, some guy behind his computer, if I understand you correctly, he's not sitting there saying, hey, I'm going to go over to uh, Paul's website and I'm going to find a way into it manually. And That's right. Yeah, so yeah. I, and I assume unless you're, uh, I mean, I'm sure Google, Amazon, NASA, those guys, they deal with that level. But I, I, I yeah, so we're dealing with automated scripts. So, um, you know, I, and I guess... One of the things a lot of people don't understand as well is what are the what are the consequences of being hacked? Like, what are hackers doing? What are they trying to achieve? Why are they even trying to get into our websites? What are the consequences? Okay, so there's a number of reasons that hackers go after websites. Um, th there's an exhaustive list, but I'll, I'll give you the main ones. One of the one reasons is they plant malware onto the server. Mm -hmm. Now, what happens is the malware program is planted. And then if a visitor comes to the website and they don't have adequate protection on their computer, that malware is then downloaded to their machine. And that could range from anything from uh, questionable redirects to other websites. It could be a keylogger. So if they're putting uh, confidential information into their browser, such as uh, username and password to the bank, PayPal, that kind of thing, that information could be logged on their machine and then every so often that log is then sent to the source of the hack. So, you know, that could then in turn 
uh, turn into their, you know, their bank accounts or their PayPal being hacked, as an example. Mm-hmm. Um, another reason they could install their own email servers, I know this sounds highly unlikely, but what they can actually do is they take over the server that your website is hosted on and they put their own email server in and it could be anything between, you know, sending spam email to bypass the, you know, any blocks that they've had before. So that in turn can then lead to your IP address being banned because you're a source of spam. And it doesn't matter if your site's been hacked. If the source of the spam is your server, is your IP, you are liable for that. And then there's legal consequences attached to that as well. There's all sorts of really nasty, nasty stuff that that can be done. Yeah, and I mean, over my my last twenty years online, I've I've, I've had a few of those uh, those horror stories. I guess you know one of the one of the ones that intrigued me the most was one day I went to a, 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 one of my sites that I hadn't looked at in a while, and uh, I had not run some updates, and it got hacked. And I got there, and all they'd done was replace my homepage with their effectively their hacker tag, I guess you could say. Right? Sure. And that, that was it. And I was baffled. I mean, I guess it was just, you know, some people hack for the sake of hacking. But I, to the point of the email, I've had that happen on servers that uh, my company manages um, mm-hmm. because somebody was running plugins that were not up to date or, some, or a theme. I'm not sure what it was, but these people got in. And next thing you know, our IPs are getting blacklisted by... Uh, you know, Gmail, Yahoo, Hot, our mail's not getting through, and, and we have to clean the mess up. Nobody's there to help you, and you can't just call up a Google and say, hey, you know, I was hacked, right? So, That's it. That's it. Exactly. Uh, so a real pain in the butt. So, okay, so, I, I mean, the threat is real. Um, it, it's an automated threat. So let, let's dig into WordPress specifically, and, you know, what are the – what are the bigger vulnerabilities and what are, what are some simple things that everybody should be doing today to be locking down their WordPress websites? Okay, so primarily the best thing that anyone can do that's listening is to, you want to be hosting your website, if it's a business website, you want to be hosting it on a business class web hosting company. Um, I won't name specific names, but if you are an established business online and you're making, you know, four figures or above and you're still on a two, three dollar a month web host package, <laughs> you want to shift off that as a primary, uh, a primary objective because your website, you're sharing your, your IP address, your server with hundreds, potentially multiple hundreds of other people. <clears throat> and from that point of view, even if you secure your website like Fort Knox, if another account gets hacked on that server and the host hasn't got the software up to date, which I've came across at a scary rate recently, then they can actually get into your stuff as well. The business class hosting has everything locked down, so you know everything's kept up to date so that can't actually happen. Uh, so yeah, that's the first thing, definitely. So uh, j- just to dig into that a little bit, let's let's sure. let's define business class hosting. Because if I go to HostGator, I can sign up for their you know four dollar a month beginner package, which is you know shared hosting. But then they also have something that they call their business plan, which is maybe twenty dollars a month. Yes, that's right. And 
I wouldn't recommend. Um, there's a, a a company. There's a, a a big company called EIG, and they have a portfolio of. Um, I think it's maybe 40 or 50 different web hosting companies. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing with EIG, I'll be careful with what I'm saying here. The thing with EIG <laughs> is, take HostGator, for example. Four or five years ago, they were a wonderful web host. Uh, their servers ran sweet. Software was kept up to date, and everything was was nice and, uh, nice and manageable, nice and easy mm-hmm. um, and reliable. But Fast forward a couple of years, probably to about 2013, uh, EIG bought out HostGator and they shifted all the servers onto um, <laughs> less prepared equipment, let's just say that. Um, mm. So the, the server speed was reduced, uh, the levels of security above WordPress you know, we're not even on the WordPress level yet. So all that is up in the air and it brought about, uh, you know, a whole host of, of issues before you even got to got to your WordPress website. On the mirror side, on the flip side of that, you have another company that I love to bet. It's called Liquid Web. That's where I'm hosted. There you go. There you go. So Liquid Web, um, they've built their reputation up. Um, they've been online since, I think it's 95. 95 so they've been around a long long time Mm -hmm. and the way they have their stuff set up is everything's solid everything's secure um you know that when there's a software update it's applied so the the actual server that you're hosting on is locked down it's Mm -hmm. kept up to date and uh you know all the good stuff that you, you would expect and it's certainly something that's uh a main driver if you're running you know if you're running a proper business you know for a VPS, which is a level up from the standard shared package, you're looking at $55 a month. Now, for a business making four figures and above, that's an absolute investment that you have to make. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the server side of things. When it comes to WordPress itself, there's three core areas. There's WordPress core, which is your actual WordPress installation. Uh, there's the themes, and then there's the plugins. The WordPress core is updated every so often. A couple of hours ago, version 4.5 was released. That's the, the latest version of WordPress that's out today. I can guarantee that, unfortunately, some of your listeners are possibly even on version 3 just now, which <laughs> is over a year out of date. <laughs> I know it sounds scary. It really does. But it, it's getting into the mentality that if there's an update available, You've got to install it onto your site. And if it's the WordPress core, you know, a theme update or a plugin, as I said, one of the main reasons that these updates come out is because there's uh, an exploit, there's a problem found in the code by the people that check these things. They update the code and then they release the update to patch that exploit to stop people, to stop hackers getting in. And uh, that's why they release, release the updates. So that's the three key areas and so, I mean, I guess the moral of the story um, right out of the gate is make sure you're lo- running updates. If there's an update, run it as quickly as possible. Yes. If there's an orange number next to updates inside WordPress, for goodness sake, please go inside and update it. Whatever it is, update it. Absolutely. And, and you know, I mean, I think there's 
to dig a little deeper here, though, is is it when it comes to themes and plugins, it goes a little bit even beyond just updates because it depends where you're getting them from. Um, I, you know, I've I've had plugins and themes that have been abandoned by the developer, and they're just not being updated any longer. Yes. And yes. I sorry. On you go. No, go go ahead. Okay, so I was going to give you an example. I had uh, a well-known internet marketer contact me about a month ago. He had five websites that were all hacked. Now, we're talking a prolific marketer here. Uh, He hired me to go and fix the sites. And I went in, and one of the sites was running... The WordPress version was about a year and a half out of date. There were, and this is a good key point that you mentioned here, there were about three or four plugins that had been released by members of the IM community. You know, the <laughs> the $7 plugin, the, the magic button, the, you know, if it's an opt-in system or if it's a, a list builder or this kind of thing. And mm-hmm. as you said, uh, that was, there was one on there that was four years out of date. And it actually turned out that it was that plugin that was the source of the, that site being hacked, which then led to the other sites being hacked. Um, so yes, that's right. The where you locate or where you where you source, where you buy your plugins and your themes is of the utmost importance. You have to make sure it comes from a reliable and an established source. And you know, for everybody that's listening, you know, I know it's really easy to click on plugins, add new, search for a plugin, and just grab something that looks like it's going to do it out of the plugin directory. But I don't know what your your general rule is. But if I see a plugin hasn't been updated in the last few months, um, unless it's absolutely something so dead simple of a function, I don't typically trust it. I want to see plugins that are evolving, developing. And and uh, you know ha- not haven't been abandoned for you know the last year. Yeah, that, that's that's the safest option. Um, I mean, even inside the uh, the well, what's called the WordPress repository, where the the WordPress plugins can be downloaded. Mm-hmm. Um, as you've said, you can see when the plugin was last updated. WordPress also added a feature a short while ago where it will tell you underneath at the bottom when the plugin was last updated, but also which version of WordPress it's compatible with. Mm -hmm. So the ones that are being updated will be, as I say, 4.5 has just been released. So the WordPress plugins that are being constantly updated, constantly re-engineered and all the rest of it, they will have that they are compatible up to Mm -hmm. 4.5. The number of downloads is quite good of an indicator as well. So it's... It's similar to, if you think about when you go into eBay to buy something on there, you know, you you check out a number of things. You check out the the ratings that are there. You check out the number of uh, units that's been sold by the vendor, how long the vendor's been established for. You're given all that information when you're inside the the repository on WordPress. So, you know, use your due diligence and, um, you know, just... Don't go for something that's not been updated for a long time and, uh, you know, just use a bit of common sense when you're picking the plugins. You know, that, that brings me to an interesting question. I don't actually know if you have an answer to this because I know I don't. And, and that is, you know, it's easy to go into the plugin directory and say, yeah, this is good, this is bad, you know, based on, on updates. But what about when you head into Code Canyon or Theme Forest or, 
you know, all these different uh, sites where there's, you know, multiple developers contributing and, and they're, they're commercial in nature. Uh, so you'd assume that they're well built. Is, is there any way to tell if you're dealing with a high quality plugin or theme? Because, I mean, I'm not a coder. But, you know, I have people that I work with that are, and we'll look behind the scenes in a plug-in, and, you know, it's just spaghetti. Um, <laughs> you know, how, how does the average person know if they're getting quality or not? That's actually a fantastic question. Yes, um, I love Theme Forest. I love Code Canyon as well. Um, but again, um, I suppose if something new has been released inside Code Canyon, for example, it's a WordPress plugin, it does what you want it to do, but it's not established. It's not been there a long time. Code Canyon will do a certain amount of not background checks, but they'll you know they'll check out the code or they'll have a look at the the code as well. But they, they don't go into it to the you know the infinite degree. It's it, it, if it's a new plugin or a new theme, then um, I'd personally stay. I'd stay clear. Um, unless it's well established that, you know, that's, you know, I'm a, I'm a safe guy when it comes to that kind of thing. Even mm -hmm. if it does the perfect thing that I want a plugin to do or a theme to look, I would tend to let it stew for a while, let it, let it boil away, let it, uh, you know, let it grow, give it a few weeks or months or whatever it takes and then start seeing the reviews. Um, other websites will review those plugins and they'll have their coder guys strip it to death to find out exactly um, what's happening behind the scenes and all that kind of thing. So, mm -hmm. yeah, if something's new to the marketplace, I, I tend to advise to, to steer clear uh, to start with, yeah. Got it. Okay, so now let's shift uh, to one of the other, I th what I believe to one of the most vulnerable points of, uh, of almost every WordPress website, and that is mm -hmm. good old forward slash wp-admin. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, <laughs> let's talk about that because I mean that that's th th there's so many mistakes that I see being made there. What what are your thoughts? Yeah, the forward slash wp admin is one of the first things that I advise people to change. Um, there's kind of a bit of a split uh, a split discussion going on in the the security community. Um, one side says leave wp admin in place; it's there for a reason. Um, don't use security by obscurity. In other words, hiding something that's that's there. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm on the other side of the fence. I'm more a case of if you can reduce the number of markers, the number of things that, that show that your site is running on WordPress, then I'm all for it, absolutely. And there's a very simple plugin, uh, WPS Hide Login, that you can get from the, the WordPress uh, repository. That allows you to install the plugin and then you just type a new name for the login page. Mm -hmm. So you're obscuring that. As soon as you've done that, you change the login to something that only you know, and keep it that way, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, change it to something only you know, and that then becomes the login page. Um, the other thing is you can team that with uh, another plugin that allows you to, if anyone hits WP Admin, then you can instantly block off their IP address because A, you know you've shifted it to the new address and B, if anyone's hitting WP admin that shouldn't be, you can block them off there and then. And that, you know, for everybody that's listening, just to, to understand why this is so important is because 
uh, and correct me if I if I'm off base here, but I think it's because most of the software these these automated bots that are out there looking for vulnerabilities, they're programmed to look for WP Dash admin. That's correct. That's one of the, the things. One of the first flags or one of the first indicators that the bot programs look for. That's right. So yeah. So I mean, if you move it, it you know, it, it's gone. And so the the other the other challenge that I see all the time is the good old default username that comes with WordPress. Administrator. <laughs> Admin. And, and, and everybody, that's the easy, I, I, I need to assume that most bots um, that are doing, you know, brute fort pass or password sort of guessing are just looking for WP admin and running passwords against the admin username. That's right. Yeah. They'll go for the admin username. And as you say, they, they brute force it. Brute force is they load up a file that's full of words from the dictionary and the program batters, literally batters the login page with the username admin and then all these password combinations. And because too many people are using things like Friday, chocolate, mm-hmm. football, all these simple passwords, um, even the name of their spouse or a child, is guaranteed that that site will will be uh, will be hacked into if that is if it's a simple combination like that it's it's pretty much a guarantee as soon as a bot has locked onto your site they're going to get in yeah 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 so to change it men use a strong password you're good now uh, so now let let let's shift one more and let's talk about actual security plugins now personally um, I use WordFence on my websites. Good and and <laughs> yeah, and it does some some marvelous things. What are your thoughts on plugins like WordFence? Yeah, WordFence is my number one. It's, it's my it's my favorite because the the amount of stuff you get, even with the free option, is fantastic. It yeah. gives you a firewall that will deflect certain attacks from your website. Um, it will even send you an email if your site's under attack or people are trying to um, get in with with their uh, with their hacks as well. Um, yeah, so, I mean, overall, I think there's over a million, probably closer to two million installations of WordFence on uh, WordPress installations. So, yeah, well-established and very, very powerful plugin. Yeah, and, and, and for everybody listening, if you're not running WordFence on your WordPress website, so you can get a free version of it that, that it does incredible stuff, monitors it, and, and it's free. I think I use the paid version, and I forget what I get out of that, but... <laughs> <laughs> but uh, nonetheless, I mean, it's an absolute no-brainer. It's, it's, it's like having a virus scan on your Windows computer, right? You know, you just should have it. Uh, yeah, basically, yes, that's it. Every, every WordPress installation should have, have a WordFence uh, plugin installed with it as well. Yep. So uh, here's, a, here's a question that I don't really know the answer to, and, and uh, I'm hoping you can enlighten me. Is there's, there's, sure. there's so much talk now about for Cloudflare. Okay, so, um, you know, and they, they, they act, I guess, as a bit of a CDN and stuff like that. And I have Cloudflare set up on my website. And although I'm not really 100% sure what it does, but somebody told me <laughs> it was cool. What is the benefit of services like those from a security standpoint, or is there much? Okay, so a CDN like Cloudflare is a content delivery network. The primary thing, the main thing that Cloudflare does is... Say you're down in Australia and you want to visit a website that's based in America, mm-hmm. then obviously due to the, the distance between yourself and, and where that website's hosted, it's going to add a lot of seconds to, to the load time. The prime thing that Cloudflare does is it has servers around the world and 
they take a copy of that website. So the Australian visitor will then, instead of having to wait for the American site to load, they can access that in an Australian Cloudflare server. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like a, a a local access. I don't actually think there's servers in Australia. I think it's uh, Japan, but it's certainly closer on a ge- geographical level. Now, the, oh. sorry, in their advertise, advertising they <laughs> and marketing, <laughs> they mentioned something about DDoS protection. That's right, yeah. Denial, distributed denial of service attacks. This is another thing that hackers can do. Um, what a DDoS is, is at any given time, and this isn't, it is automated, but it's not the same as what we were talking about earlier on. At any time, say the CIA website, say uh, that the hacker group want to bring it down, well, they can launch what's called a DDoS attack. And they, once they've planted their their malware via infected websites to people's computers, it's quite similar to the whole Skynet scenario that was shown in Terminator 3, Rise of the Machines. Mm-hmm. So Skynet wasn't based inside the mountain. It was actually on the internet. It was on PCs and servers all over the place. So if you think of a massive scale of computers all running this one program to attempt to uh, take down the CIA site by just opening, just trying to open the website. But because of the amount of people, because the amount of programs accessing the site at the same time, the server can't deal with it and it falls over. So that that's what the DDoS is. It just takes the site out completely because it floods the website, it, it just cannot deal with the amount of requests and it takes it out of the game completely. What Cloudflare does is it has a really clever system that it can detect when these things are happening. So <clears throat> if a website has a certain level of visitors over a certain period of time, Cloudflare kind of tracks that and maps it. If that suddenly spikes, say you're getting 100 visitors every hour, let's just keep this simple, 100 visitors every hour. If that suddenly spikes up to 10,000, then Cloudflare systems detect that and then they put into place the DDoS protection to keep the website from falling over. So it basically bins, it, it discards all the the um, the IP addresses that are trying to access the site purely to bring it down and allows the site to continue as it uh, as it should. Got it, and and I guess you know for for the average listener here, uh, uh, a DDoS attack's not really a a huge concern. I suspect that that's more. I mean, we've seen them take down big, big, big players with those DDoS attacks, but um, that's interesting. I was kind of wondering where the where the benefit was there with uh, with Cloudflare. So uh, now the 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 last question that I have is now. WordPress and now starting to capture payment, capture sales data. And, you know, what level of complexity does this add? Should people be hosting uh, hosting the order forms on their pages or should they be using sort of software as a service models using other people's systems for that? It really depends on, on the website itself and the uh the website owner's needs. Um, if you are using what's called HTTPS, in other words, allowing people to access the pages securely, everything's encrypted, 
uh, everything's scrambled, mixed up between the visitor's computer and the server. And it's been in- implemented by, you know, someone who, who specialises in that. That's fine. But there's other options, obviously. You know, you can send them to a PayPal checkout. There's different shopping carts that can be used as well. So as long as there's a layer of security in there that protects both yourself and the visitor, uh, the buyer, then, you know, that's fine. Um, what you don't want to be happening is people purchasing site off your uh you don't want people purchasing stuff off your website without using uh, any security. Um, so if you're sending them to a plain HTTP site uh, page to make a purchase, then that's a big no-no because the data is is readable. So if the site has been hacked, and again, if there's a keylogger in place, then you know credit card details can be stolen and all other sorts of problems can can take place. So, yeah. Absolutely. So now, okay, so we've, now we've covered a lot of stuff here and uh, I was looking at your website before the call and I know you've got, you've got some really good resources there. So before we wrap things up here, where, where can people learn more from you uh, about how to do this and uh, what if they don't want to do it themselves, where can they go? Sure. So what I've actually done for everyone listening is I've set up a special page for only uh, Entrepreneur Ignited listeners. And the site is paul-irvin, that's I-R-V-I-N-E dot com, forward slash E-I special. And what I've put on that page is a nice, easy to read, easy to follow checklist to cover website security for your WordPress website. Uh, It's a free download for them. It's got most of the things that they'll need to get started with. And in all honesty, even if they implement one step in that checklist, then it's going to make their website a heck of a lot securer than it is just now. Awesome. And that's, that's fantastic. And, and Paul, say, first, thank you for, uh, for sharing so much and you know, giving our listeners so much. I mean, if they just implement what, they, what, what you told them today, I mean, they're going to be in a great, great spot. And uh, again, thanks for putting together that, uh, that download. That's fantastic. So again, thanks so much, Paul. No problem at all, Derek. It's been fantastic to chat with you. Awesome. Now, everyone, uh, that was a WordPress security expert, Paul Irvine. And as always, any of the links mentioned in the interview uh, will be included in the show note along with the link to the, the free checklist that uh, Paul so kindly put together for everyone. So I'd recommend going to check that out and then heading back to your website and making sure you implement what you just learned. Because if there's one, one essential ingredient to uh, using what we've uh, taught you about here today, that is action. So uh, once again, everybody, thank you so much for being here. And if you haven't done so already, please head on over to iTunes or SoundCloud, click subscribe and leave us a rating or review if you like what you heard. And uh, now it's time to take action, apply what you've learned and stay tuned for more info-packed episodes of the Entrepreneur Ignited podcast, a podcast designed to simplify online business so you can reap the rewards. This is your host, Derek Gale, signing off. Thanks for listening to another info-packed episode of the Entrepreneur Ignited Podcast with Derek Gale. For links to all of the resources plus an entire transcript of this episode, go to entrepreneurignited.com slash podcast. Make sure you never miss another episode. Subscribe now on iTunes or SoundCloud.